Hello and welcome to the E-Team Podcast. These are conversations with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country that provide insight and encouragement. For more information about this podcast and any and all resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us at eTeam-inc.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back uh, to session two with Domika Kelly. Uh, I know you guys enjoyed session one, and this is session two. And um, we wanted to now dive in uh, to where we are uh, in our world. This is 2020, uh, right in the middle of it, and dealing with COVID-19 and just the racial tension that is going on Mm -hmm. and just everything that we're facing um, in this time. And I really want to just have this conversation, this dialogue back, uh, back and forth with you yeah. and I, man. And because um, we do, we have grown up different. Yes. You know, um, and we are, our, our skin color is different. Yes. You know, I'm a little, I'm a little darker today because I've been yeah. in the sun, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a brown in my nail. But through that, you know, mm-hmm. the way we brought, the way we are brought up, and I can be completely wrong because I'm not a psychologist. I'm not any of this. But just from my view and my heart is we do where how we grow up mm-hmm. is through in the, is the lens and the filter that we see things. Yeah. And we bring that into conversations and we bring that into situations in our flesh. But we are actually actually brothers in Christ. That's right. And, That's right. And yes, there's there's differences. But you and I are one, man. Amen. All are, day long. We are brothers. All day in long. Christ. And if we see, if we have our lens and our filter becomes seeing it through God's eyes. Yeah. Uh, Paul talks about it. You know, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? And why do I, don't I do the things that I want to do? It's the yep. flesh and the spirit in the battle. And so I would love for you to just kind of speak in, man, um, in your eyes and, and what was going on right now with, with the COVID of mm-hmm. leading a church, you know, through this. But then also this this racial tension that we find yes. in our country and this this back and forth in this battle. And so if you don't mind, man, just share a little bit of your perspective and, and how you're navigating through this time. Yes. We'll start with the COVID. Yeah. Start with the COVID. Absolutely. That's okay. Now, I think for me, um, and as far as church, you know, currently we have an all, uh, we broadcast and that service live on, on Facebook and Know, things like that we live streaming our service which is kind of tough for you right yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> you already know it, it's it was a well i think i'm kind of i'm comfortable now yeah yeah I, I got the hang of it now but for me at first it was a struggle because i'm not um how can i say it i wasn't as far as social media i'm i'm not gonna say i wasn't a big fan of it I just wasn't never engaged. And so oftentimes I pray and even in church I say God, you know I I want to do more. I want to get I want to get out into the community. I want um and I want to outreach and you know we want to go beyond these four walls. And so we we done that by doing the traditional things by having um going have um homeless drives and you know, feeding the homeless, having um different community events and different things of that nature. And so that was what we do tra- traditionally, we view that as getting outside the four walls. And so um, when the when COVID came and kind of forced us all outside of these four walls, outside of the church where we could no longer have service, then we kind of had to make that necessary adjustment to broadcast our services live. 
and I wasn't prepared for it. I kind of had to pray, and you know me, you know, I pray about everything. Yeah. And so I said, yeah. God, do you want me <laughs> to be preaching on Facebook Live? Do you want me to live stream the service? And it was a challenge for me. So maybe the first three weeks I wasn't doing it, but then I was kind of feeling the pressure by a church. They said, Pastor, we need to hear a word from God. We don't need, we need to hear a word from God, from our shepherd. And so um, I kind of had to overcome my fears of, of being able to um, do a live stream service. And so, but what I found out that helped us out even more, helped me out even more. Cause first what it did with the COVID, it allowed me to allow God to allow us to go outside these four walls. And now on our service, we have more people watching our service every Sunday. than we had people coming to service. And so I'm excited about that. And so now God is kind of using this platform for us and it's working extremely well. I have, um, people have gotten saved. Um, People have joined the church, joined the ministry. Um, and, and so I'm excited about it. Yeah. And as far as um, it brought my family and I a lot closer. And I'm a family man. I put my family for everything except God. But being um, spending time, more time in the home with my family, with my wife, with my children. Um, for a while, I wasn't int- attending any meetings before we started having Zoom meetings and things like that. And so I would leave home and go right, leave work, and go right back home. I also coach um, varsity basketball at Hampton Christian, and I, I love my coaching staff, Kellen Furlow, um, um, Chad Lawson, and my son, Nakia Govea. He, um, we, we, we coach high school ball together, but so we even stopped attending practices because all the sports were shut down. Yeah. And so that took up a, a huge chunk of my time. And so, and even the gym, I like to work out. And so um, the gym shut down. And so I found myself going to work and coming home. And man, when I tell you, we had so much fun at the house. We we back at the table with the family. We all eating dinner together. We joking. We praying. We having a good time. We playing board games. We watching movies. And and so my family, my family has always been close. But I think the COVID has brought us closer. It made us kind of rekindle. Um, you know, the love that we have for each other. And it was, it's, it was, it's been a blessing for us. Yeah. It's been a blessing for us as far as with my family. That's good. Yeah. And even, um, I think with, with the ministry, it has been a blessing as well. Um, and even with my job, you know, we, we kind of, we do, we do everything, um, differently now. And, and for me, I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. And, the first few weeks of me not being able to hug somebody literally almost killed me. <laughs> I couldn't take it. I'm like, man, I got to hug somebody. I got to <laughs> shake somebody's hand. And so I, that was a big adjustment yeah. for me because I, I love people. I love people. And so even on my job, we just kind of, even right now, we're not still doing any hugging or shaking hands. Yeah. But now I'm accustomed to it. I don't like it, but I'm accustomed to it. And I want to make sure that we all are being safe. Yeah. Yeah, we all have been. I'm safe. sorry, man. I wasn't very safe the first time I met you because I just yeah, came we in hugged and we, we said, "Yeah." We <laughs> you, you asked me. You said, uh, "You said, how do you feel about the COVID thing?" I said, "Man, bring it in." <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Well, yeah. and so speaking in the second half, man. Yeah. So um, with everything that's kind of happening, um, yeah. You know, give us a little bit of your perspective and just kind of how you're you're navigating through this because people are looking for you for leadership and exactly. Other. 
Exactly. And and you said you said the key thing. People are looking to not only me, but to look to us as leaders and as leaders. What we're supposed to do, we're supposed to lead people. And first, I like to lead by being an example. And so for me, initially, when I tend to um, once again, I don't watch a lot of news. Um, I don't watch a lot of social media. Um, and so I just think that those things were negative to me. I think that you, they can be used in a positive way. And I'm figuring it out now, like what you and I are doing today. Mm-hmm. But um, and so for a while, I stayed away from it. But when I start seeing, um, paying close attention to what was going on in society and in our world, uh, we have to be careful. Because when I start seeing things like the George Floyd video, um, that tore me up. And and I immediately start thinking about um, my sons and start thinking about some of my friends. And and so if, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you can become a part of the problem and not the solution. And so I had to kind of sit down for hours and look at the video to really um, discover what was really happening before I was able to respond because I didn't want to respond out of emotion. I didn't want to respond um, out of anger. And I know that I have a responsibility to lead. I have a platform. Um, and I have to make sure that I'm using my platform. And so what I did, um, Andy, I, I really spent time in, in prayer. I really spent hours, literally hours in prayer, crying and, and asking God to lead me, to lead me. Because what happens is that, man, you can almost get um, soaked into peer pressure. And you can I have received phone calls by, by other pastors who were kind of acting out in anger and said, listen, I need you to come and do this. I need you to do that. Um, I need you to speak up. I need you to make a statement. And I'm like, man, did y'all pray and ask God how to lead y'all before y'all begin to lead people within this community? And so for me, I prayed. I said, God, show me how I can be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. God, I said, show me how or what I can do to make things better. And the first thing that God reminded me of was this, that you only can impact the people that are around you. And God told me to stay in my lane. He said, stay in my lane. He said, don't do anything I haven't called you to do. And so um, in, in praying, God took me to John chapter 17, which is one of my favorite chapters. And he, he showed me in verses John 17, verses nine, all the way down to verse 14. I'm going to read it. Verse 14, if I can. Yeah. It says, I have given them thy word and the world have hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he was telling them, he said, listen, you're not of the world. And in the context of the scripture, it's all about sanctification. It's all about being set apart. And so God had to let me know that I see what's going on in the world. But I, I need you to understand one thing. You're not of the world. You are in the world. And he said, and I need you to make sure that you separate yourself from the world. So I had to distance myself from um, some of my own prejudices, some of my own um, things that, that I saw growing up that I that kind of were embedded in me. And so I had to separate myself from the things that wasn't right. Um, and I knew that wasn't right. So that way that when I respond as a leader, 
I would respond in the appropriate manner. But one thing that God showed me in that book, in this chapter of scripture is that God said, listen, I left my disciples in this world. And he, Jesus prays, don't take them out of the world. Don't take them out of the world. They're supposed to be there. He said, while I was in the world, I kept them, meaning that I, I sheltered them from certain experiences in the world. He said, but I'm no, I'm no longer going to be with them. But give them your word. Give them your word. And so for me, I prayed and, and God showed me that the greatest thing that I can do to help um, this world in this season, to help my community um, to attack, to combat against all the, the racial tension, to, to um, attack all the social injustices, um, is just to give them, give them the word of God. And so for me, all that advice that I gave people, it, was, it wasn't based on my opinion. It was the gospel. And that's my job. My job is to give and share the gospel. But when, I, when the Lord allowed me to, through prayer, to look at everything that's going on, he showed me, I guess, the source, the root cause of what's going on. There's a bigger fight. It's a bigger battle. And it's not between you and I. It's not. And God showed me in that scripture. He said, listen, I just want you all to love each other. I want you all to be one just as me and the father are one. And, and so for me, it's not black fighting against white or white fighting against black or, or none of that. It's the enemy trying to oppose everything that God is trying to build. And so for me, that's my stance. And that's why I tell people, listen, you, you have to understand this. It's bigger than your color. It's bigger than my color. This is what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to destroy God's people. And, and so, but God also gave me the solution and it's in scripture. And Jesus told the, he told the disciples, he said, listen, I'm gonna read this. And now I am no more, verse 11, John 17, in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. And so this is the solution. In, in order for us to, to see unity in this world, first of all, us leaders, we have to preach it. We have to teach it. What we're seeing now are a direct cause of the wrong values that were instilled in our children, in me, in you, um, years ago. And now it's exploding. The things that we were taught, we're starting to see it. We're living it out. But Jesus is saying, listen, I'm praying that the church come together. And so until the church come together, the world has no hope. And so that's my mission. My mission is to make sure that the church, we come together first. Because when we come together, regardless of race or denomination, we have to come together because we are the world's example. And if the world don't see, see unity within the church, there's no way they're going to see it within themselves. And so we have to be that example of unity. And that's going to bring everybody together. Yeah, that's good, man. Yep. But let me say something else, too. Because I also, um, like I told you before, I, I had to pray to stay in my lane. Um, you, you're a worship director. You teach people how to worship. 
God called me to be a student of his word and teach of his word. I can't teach people how to <laughs> worship or how to read music or how to flow through a whole service. That's not my gift. And so a lot of pastors called me, older pastors called me and said, listen, what can I do? What can I do? I said, this is what you need to do. You need to make sure that you stay in your lane and that you don't give in to any peer pressure or give in to anything that God has not assigned you to do. Pray and ask God to lead you where he can use you. And and that's what I've been doing for myself. And now my wife and I, we sit on um, we sit on Congressman Congressman Whitman's um, unity board. And so by me praying and by my wife praying and really listening for the voice of God to the voice of God, he led us and we sit on his unity and diversal diversity council, which where my voice is being heard. My wife's voice are being heard. Um, the issues that I have, the issues that the community have, they're being addressed. And so I don't have to stand here. I don't have to I don't have to show the world what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not against any any peaceful protesting, but that's not my lane. You know, God called me to a specific lane and I'm not ashamed to stay in that lane because what I'm doing is going to in going to invoke change and I'm proud of it. You know, we we just had a meeting um um the other day with um um with the chief of police, um, Chief Drew. Um and, and so it's it's just I'm able to stay in my lane. And by me standing in my lane, I'm not giving in, I'm not doing what, what other people feel like I need to be doing. I'm doing what God has called me to do. And that's the only way true change gonna be um invoked in my opinion. So that's what I'm doing, man. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, by staying in your lane, he's mm-hmm. positioning you to be a part of some big conversations of change. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. And we have a vision. And it's so amazing when you see, because when you just from the outside looking in, you, you seem like, well, I, I don't see anything happening. I don't. I don't see that nobody cares. But when when God put you in a position and you're in a room um, with the congressman, when you're in a room with the governor, when you're in a room with these people that can really influence and impact change and your voice is being heard. And if you have that one voice that's in the room that's from downtown Newport News that was involved in gangs, that was involved in drugs, that has changed his life, that experienced poverty, that experienced police brutality. You have somebody sitting in that room that been through all of that. Now, everyone that been through that, like me, I'm able to sit at this table and voice their concerns and address their concerns. And that's what I'm doing. And so my voice has gotten a lot louder. Yeah. But let me tell you this. And you'll be amazed about how many people do care. How many people do care? How many people want change just as bad as we want it? Just as bad as you want it. Just as bad as I want it. They want it. It's so, when you said your voice has become louder, um, I immediately thought of James where it says, slow to speak, quick to listen. And by staying in your lane and listening, God has allowed you to have a louder voice yes. by being quiet. Yes. Wow. And that's so counterintuitive what we think <laughs> we should do, right? Um, and I'm not a I'm not a social media guy. I see that there's positives in it. Um, but, uh, if you're following me, I, I just want to apologize. I'm sorry because I don't do anything on that. <laughs> you're disappointed, but um, 
that's my only thing with social media. Uh, I uh, had an opportunity to sit down with the pastor and I just asked him how he's navigating social media because we're in this culture that almost forces you to say something. And if you don't say something, you have people on one side saying, well, we need you to stand up just like what you're kind of getting. And then you have on the other side, well, I can't believe you did that. Mm -hmm. And I just asked him and, and he just said, I don't, social media, I have a filter for it. And I only use it to praise others because like he, and he referenced James, slow to speak, quick to listen. And he said, social media is the opposite, quick to speak and slow to listen. And so, man, dude, you've blessed me today just hearing Appreciate you, you man. This. And the beauty of this is now it's recorded and we get to listen to it over and over. So, um, but thank you again uh, for taking some extra time to give us now session two. We have two sessions of value from Demika Kelly, which is phenomenal. I appreciate it. I, I feel like I feel like a veteran now, so next time I'll be ready for it. You're gonna be hosting now, man. I'm just gonna send you out with this equipment. You're gonna be hosting. But hey, thank you guys so much for listening in. I, I know that um this has brought you some value. And so we just want to encourage you to continue just to listen to our podcast. Um, the E Team podcast as we continue to to meet people like Demika and share their stories. We all have stories. We just need to be willing to share it to bring God's glory. Wow. So thanks Amen. again, man. Thank you, my brother. I love you so much, man. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of what you're doing. God is definitely blessing you, man, and your family. I just love you so much. I'm glad to be connected to you. Thank you. You make man. my life so much better. Appreciate that. Thanks again for listening in. We really hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about our podcast and other resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us online at e-team-inc.com.